Welcome to the very first episode on the brand new feed from the Ringer Podcast Network, Ringer Dish. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. You can hear me and Amanda on Wednesdays and Amelia on Fridays. Me and Amanda, we're on Jam Session. Amelia's on Tea Time. Yep. And this is our new feed for all things celebrity and like pop culture, but really celebrity for now. Celebrity is pop culture, right? That's <laughs> the heart the, of it. It's the lens through which we will explore the rest of the world. Oh, yes. I like that. Perfectly said. Um, you can expect Jam Session and Tea Time to continue apace. Jam Session's weekly now on Wednesdays. Ooh. And then we're also going to be throwing some other things at you. For example, today we are doing a celebrity deep dive into the phenomenon that was Benifer. And for those of you who love Jennifer Garner, we're not talking about her. We're talking about Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. The first Benifer. The first Benifer, perhaps the first portmanteau. Certainly of the modern era. That's true. (laughs) It all starts here. It all starts here. So we're going to get into it. We'll be doing more of this kind of thing. Typically on Mondays, this feed will be a Monday, Wednesday, Friday feed going forward. But this is our first week. We just want to blow it out a little bit. On Thursday, you will have Liz Kelly and Zoe Simmons with a very special For Realsies. And you can expect that kind of content on the brand new Ringer Dish. Tell your friends about it. Ask them to subscribe. Give us a rating if you like this. And we really hope that you do. And without further ado, let's dive in. Do you realize how fascinated America is by you? It's so weird to even hear you say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't sit around here and, and think about that. We sit around here. We, make, we sit around we here dinner. and I play the piano. <laughs> and we just sit around and sing show tunes. And that's... <laughs> I wanted magic shows and miracles. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Ben Affleck? He's out of his mind. I, now you know the real Ben. <laughs> okay. Here's the reality. This so we need to talk about Benifer. And why are we talking about them today? So it's 20 years since On wow. the Six. 20, 20 years. years since <laughs> Jennifer Lopez graced us with On the Six and also the Jenny oh. on the Black music video, which is why we really need to talk about it. Amelia, how important is On the Six to you, if at all? Is that the one where she has? If you yes. Okay. I mean, like that was a that was good her first song. single, I believe. If yeah. You had my love. And I used to watch VH1 a lot. Um, More VH1 girl over MTV. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, okay. I know. Kind of weird, but I also liked MTV. But um, VH1, and they had those like morning videos, and so sure. like I'd see mm-hmm. her on that. One thing I'm excited about on Ringer Dish in general is that Amanda and I are very much of a certain generation, and the Tea Time trio, which Amelia is a part of, is of a, diff- a slightly different generation, and I'm excited to see where we collide and where we differ, and we've already <laughs> found it, because I was a major, major MTV watcher, and the Waiting for Tonight video was, like, such a big deal to Good me song. with all of, like, the green lasers <laughs> and whatever. Well, sure. It was also 1999 was TRL. Yeah. The, that the was, I mean, and Juliet can spend a lot of time talking about the personal connection can. that she had to TRL. But Waiting for Tonight was definitely Jennifer Lopez's TRL hit. And I also watched it a million times on TRL. That's what we did, Amelia, after school in the late 90s. I just want to say on the six. That's great. <laughs> On the Six was a really good album. There mm-hmm. also is the wonderful Feeling So Good with Big Pun and Fat Joe. I love that song. <laughs> I'm feeling so good. Just Let's Get Loud, a classic at any bar mitzvah. I mean, <laughs> it's just like a really good album. And then she had some songs with Mark Anthony, who she went, um, on, went on to marry. Mm-hmm. But not yet. In no. 1999... She was on the cusp of of her and Ben Affleck. Well, actually, in 1999, she was dating Diddy. So oh that's my God. A, yeah, that's the thing <laughs> is Damn. that we are we're using on the six, which is kind of the entrance of Jennifer Lopez yeah. as a pop star, as a pop star, and as a kind of a mega famous woman to talk about her 
the height of her celebrity, which comes like a couple years later. But 1999 is when Jennifer Lopez really starts with the TRL and the megastardom. And also it's very soon before the, it's when the tabloids are starting to and the internet's starting and kind of all of these forces that converge to bring you Benefer. Right. And she's no longer your like hip cult favorite actress from that one Steven Soderbergh movie and perhaps you watched In Living Color, but now she's a mega pop star and she's repping for the Bronx. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and Selena. Don't forget Selena. And Selena. Oh, that's true. That's I did forget one. Selena. Yeah. Good, did good you really? Oh, well, my, it's my mom's. Like, she still says to this day, Jennifer Lopez deserved the Oscar for Selena. I think there are many people who agree. I rewatched it recently. I don't think it's a very good movie. Oh. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I got kind of bored. I mean, it's really emotional and really sad what happened to her. Jennifer Lopez is amazing in it. She is like, she's a captivating celebrity. I happen to love her. But I don't think the movie's that good. Sorry. That's okay. Tell your mom. Okay. All right. Well. (laughs) All right. Let's move on. Let's get into the syllabus. Talking about all of the incredible articles that accompanied the rise of Benefer. Yeah. So this is a real, we're going to do a People Magazine and an Us Weekly cover deep dive because the texts here are phenomenal. But I feel like we should do just very basic history. So 1999 is on the 6th. And then 2001 it's kind of when Jennifer Lopez transitions to movies. 2001 mm. is The Wedding Planner. Mm. And oh. yeah. And I love that movie. It's so good. 2002 is Made in Manhattan, which um. will figure in some of these People Magazine stories, which is why I want to bring it up. Apparently Ben Affleck was on set. And then also apparently it was originally called The Chambermaid. Terrible, terrible <laughs> name for a movie. <gasps> like, Made in Manhattan is, it does not age well, but <laughs> The Chambermaid and, uh, ages worse. Very British. And then 2003 is, is Gigli. Wow. And Gigli is where it all begins, the set of Gigli specifically. In the year 2002, Uh Jennifer Lopez is married to someone who has not been Affleck, and then there are rumors of a connection. Dun, dun, dun. Is this when she was married to Chris Judd? Yes. Yes. The backup dancer. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mariah Carey didn't invent that role. (laughs) (laughs) I just have a question. Do you think of her more as a movie star or as a pop star? Movie star. That's so interesting. I... I kind of feel like she's come full circle but, at this point. Yeah, but yeah. I think in her latter years, she's really leaned into the music, particularly with the Vegas residency and mm-hmm. everything. Oh, sure, but yeah. I prefer her as an actress, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I never was that drawn to seeing her residency, because I, I do like On the Six, but I don't I don't like any of her <laughs> other music that much. You don't like Booty with Iggy Azalea? No, I'm kidding. I like I Love You, Poppy, which is like, oh, which is oh, like yeah. a song that's hard to— say that I like because it rejects pronunciation sure. and enunciation. Sure. But I do really like that song. But in general, I wish she, like, I I do love The Wedding Planner. I wish she had, I actually, Maybe Manhattan is not one of my movies, but it's good. I just wish that she had done more kind of like prestige movies. Yes. I'm, I wish she had had more opportunities to do Out of Sight, which I feel like I say about every person who's been in one <laughs> Steven Soderbergh movie. And I'm like, well, I wish they could have done more movies with Steven Soderbergh. But I, she is fantastic in it. And it does really set the rest of her career on fire. So I agree with you. Okay. Okay. So I she- think what I wish is that she had made better rom-coms from yeah. the era oh, of 2001 yes. to 2012. It's a really tough run. It's The Wedding Planner. It's Made in Manhattan. Gigli. Jersey Girl. Uh, Is Shall We Dance a rom-com? I like Shall We Dance. Me too. All right. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I do. (laughs) Monster in Law? Didn't see that. Mm. Doesn't she wear a really bad wig in that with um, Jane Fonda? 
It's definitely with Jane Fonda. I don't have a memory no, she's of not, the wig. she's not wearing a wig. I take okay. it back. And the backup plan, which Juliet and I were on a text message, Shane, about oh. this very weekend. They sure were. Wow. I think you liked it. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, right. I didn't. Okay. I, I do like some movies from that era, though. It's from 2010. Yeah. And then she's in The Boy Next Door in 2015. Mm-hmm. And then... She just she's been on Shades of Blue for three fucking years. No one's watching that show. Well, I you know, it's just wild to me. I think some people are, but we my are. My mom, my mom watched. Yeah. It. Anyway, so there's so, that. So 2002 is kind of Jennifer Lopez movie star ascendant. This is as good as it's going to get for her because like you could still remember Out of Sight and a decade of rom coms hasn't happened yet. Yes. So she's married. She's on the set of Geely. We haven't seen Geely yet. That's no. really important information is that they get together before we actually see Gigli. Yeah. And it seems like I didn't remember this, but it, so she was married and they did try yeah. to cover it up and there was some plot about it. And it took a while for her to get divorced. So they were kind of like together, but not, but not acknowledging it. Yeah. For kind of a long time. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. I really, really didn't remember that. I didn't either. Chris Judd had been erased from my memory until mm-hmm. quite recently, to be yeah. honest. And then in 2002, she's still married to Chris Judd, I believe, but this is when things really start to come out and people are aware of their their burning hot and bright. And I also just want to say, Ben Affleck was so hot in 2002. <laughs> and to this day. And yeah. to this well, day. Well, I guess we talked a lot about Jennifer Lopez because it's like her anniversary, but oh, we yeah. should talk about Ben Affleck. Sure. Do you guys want to do this? You guys are kind of the two Affleckologists <laughs> in my life. He means a lot to you. You have studied him visually, especially yeah. in the case of Amelia. That sounded a lot creepier than actually <laughs> what I meant, which was that you compared him to Starbucks beverages. Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' yeah. Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. It's Boston. I knew that. How dare you? I know. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. Is it, is it pinned to your to the top of your timeline? It's not. Why not? Because I just like you know. I don't know. I don't. If you, I, if you, I don't know. For people listening, if you haven't seen it, what Amelia did is she went on a run where she took all these pictures of Ben Affleck and did a side by side with him and a beverage from Dunkin' Donuts, where yeah. it's like him wearing like a white suit. So then, a lot of the photos of him are from Live by Night, that gangster oh movie he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. So when he's in character, is what you're saying? Right. With those really. Gross cream-colored suits. Yes. And then compared to Dunkin' Donuts beverages. And it went super viral. <laughs> like, who's the biggest person that tweeted about it? Probably Seth Rogen. Oh, wow. Yes, that is big. And then you got Busy Phillips. Yep. And yep. Twitter made a moment out of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Ben Shapiro. I wasn't very <laughs> happy about that one. Yeah. But. <laughs> okay. So in 1999, Ben Affleck is an Academy Award winner. He's been in Armageddon, which is probably the hottest he's ever looked in a movie. I would agree with that. He's so fucking charming in Armageddon. It's hard for me to... Amanda's person is Brad Pitt, where it's like you just squirm mm. and you just get really... That is, that <laughs> you is just true. Get blush. Yeah. So blush. Funny. For me, it's Ben Affleck. I, I just... He's everything that makes me miserable as a woman in yes, my world. But yes, But also makes me so happy. The perfect description. <laughs> per- I know he's a problematic fave. He's definitely, you like, know? there's Ben Affleck, I'm positive that when you're in the room with him, he probably makes you feel like you're just the only person he's yes! ever spoken to, yes. and you're the most important person oh, in the God. world. Mm-hmm. And then you see, then he leaves, and he probably doesn't think about you again, and then you have to be confronted with the fact that he'd rather date, like, a 24-year-old <laughs> who has nothing to do all day than, like, engage in, like, the really wonderful conversation that you two had on a regular basis. <laughs> exactly. And he's really hot and tall, and an actor and rich. 
Who yes. also is like very family oriented. So that's just yeah. a perfect storm of torture. Also, I <laughs> trust Jennifer Garner with whatever she does in life. So implicitly, I yeah. Um, I just stayed out of that. <laughs> the only thing that I would add, I don't think. Did you talk about how he seemed smart? He is smart. He is, he smart. is smart, but he also seems smart. Yes. Yeah. He emotes smart. And yes. He is smart. Okay. He makes good choices. What? About his career. Uh, sure. Most, uh, uh, most of the time. In 1999, he was making good choices. Right. So when Almond Six came out, he has won an Academy Award. He is deep in the Chasing Amy mall rats world. He's, you know, done all of that. He's, he's like, has a lot of, like, cool movies. And then he comes out as a blockbuster star in Armageddon. Mm-hmm. There you go. And then things take a bit of a turn. They take they took yeah. a turn. I was going to say, we did a whole... On the big picture, we did a podcast about Ben Affleck's career arc. Yes. Which is just, like, really about the depth and windiness of the turns that it took after Armageddon. It's Damn. just really—it's intense. Yeah, I mean, here's, here are some duds for you. Boiler Room, Reindeer Games, Bounce, a personal favorite. <laughs> well, Bounce is a Gwyneth Paltrow movie, right? Yeah. And he was dating Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I also feel like his character in that movie, who's like duplicitous and hasn't like really, doesn't really tell her the truth, is also like uh, like irresistible to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Pearl Harbor didn't do that well. Much maligned. Jan and Bob cult movie. Okay, Changing Lanes, Some of All Fears, The Third Wheel, Daredevil. It's it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> you, 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 you Daredevil, and that's just a 2003. We haven't even gotten to. And then yeah. we get to Geely. That yeah. comes next after yeah. Daredevil. So Ben Affleck is like wildly famous, wildly handsome, and making wildly poor career choices at this point. Like yes. just really bad ones. Yes. And it doesn't get better by dating Jennifer Lopez in terms of his acting career. Mm-mm. In terms of his fame, do you think that sustains him for a little while? Ben Affleck. Yeah, not in a mean way. Like, I don't think he was like, oh, he doesn't seem like the type to me who'd be like, who'd do a relationship for fame. But, and they obviously were really into each other. But does that keep him relevant longer than he deserved? Yes, absolutely. It changes the entire course of his career. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think so because this moment, and we're going to talk a lot about, I mean, we're all tabloid nerds, but (laughs) this is kind of when Us Weekly is ascendant. I believe Bonnie Fuller is hired, who's the editor-in-chief who came up with, like, stars. They're just like us. Oh, God. Yeah. And she joins in 2001. Stars Are Just Like Us is probably one of the most underrated. It's so good. It's up there with, like, the the Gutenberg Mm -hmm. movable type. (laughs) Like, it's nearly as important to the written word. It's just something that people, like, don't even know they're referencing sometimes. Yeah. I also have one of those Finstagrams dedicated to Us Weekly. You do? I do. How do I get a follow on that? Well, I can, I'll send you a link. Can we, like, do a ring or dish challenge where if people, get, like, do a yes. rating thing, then they can subscribe to Amelia's Instagram? <laughs> okay. This is very exciting. Yes, yeah, so that's 2001, and I agree with Juliet that Stars Just Like Us basically changes the entire paradigm of how we understand celebrity. And yeah. it's that in Stars, they're just like us. Five words. I had to count <laughs> it, but it's five. And... So that happens right before this, and so it's an increased level. And Us Weekly is thus more competitive. So instead of just people, which was always, like, slightly more soft-focused, though not as soft-focused as it is now, Yeah, there was more reporting. But it was still People Magazine was where you went to, like— Talk about your troubles. In, like, the late <laughs> 90s to early 2000s, partially inspired by Monica Lewinsky scandal, I think, people loved a good, like— scandal or like a missing person mm-hmm. like that was like oh. they were really into yes. into those kinds of tales and us and as people did a little bit more of that mm-hmm. kind of like 
more what I consider like morning show news. Yes. Us Weekly went deep on the celebrities. Yeah. And Us Weekly also went weekly in 2000 before that. Right. So oh. there's kind of twice the tabloid exposure that's just starting around 2000, 2001, 2002. And these two increasingly famous people get together. And I think that it was the first time that in the modern era, we paid attention to a celebrity couple this way. They're kind of like the first power couple. They definitely are the first portmanteau. And that stays with you. I think that that has changed both of their careers and how we think about them. And they're asked about it all the time. And you can't really think about Ben Affleck without thinking about him on the boat in the Jenny on the Block <laughs> video, like examining the I'm placement. Still, I'm still. I mean, great song. But Jenny I'm, from the Block. Yeah. I'm still thinking about him just arranging nice. the bikini. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think especially because they were, it was so new that people didn't learn to separate fame and tabloids from actors and career and stuff. We didn't, we didn't understand it as like its own industry. I think everyone just kind of thought that that's Ben Affleck and that's Jennifer Lopez. And maybe to an extent it is, we can talk a little bit more about that, but I think it keeps him in the public eye in over the course of some of the worst movies I've had to sit through, which is probably a benefit for him. But I think it also definitely, I'm sure there are movies he didn't get. I'm sure that it has affected all sorts of projects and things he wants to do and how people still perceive him. I mean, we're, we're sitting here talking about all of it still. I think, yeah, I agree with you that she has moved, she has shed the Benefer episode Way better than he has. Yeah. But that's because he has made many more public mistakes. And there's many, so it's, there's more of occasion to be like, remember all these dumb things he did. But let's get into some of the some of the discourse about them. Okay. There's this article from People.com from August 12th, 2002. This is before Gili comes out. So this is sort of a testament to how big they were. Amanda, would you like to read from this article? Well, yeah, well, I was just going to say, I think this is when it's like they're together. This is the official acknowledgement because I'm reading from it. And again, this is August 2002. And it's about Jennifer Lopez's 33rd birthday party. And so on July 22nd, three days before she and her second husband, dancer Chris Judd, filed for divorce, she was already introducing Affleck as my new boyfriend to pals over dinner at the chic Manhattan restaurant Nobu, which also just like what a great 1999. (laughs) I mean, no, I still enjoy Nobu, but. Can I just um, share something personal? Yeah. The first time I ever had sushi, literally ever, was at my friend Jesse Feldberg's 16th birthday at Nobu. Okay. Nice. That is, that's so <laughs> Juliet. I love also that you thought that was like your first personal share of this podcast. But anyway. Oh, no. I've obviously, I just blew my own cover. Right. <laughs> Carry on. Also, the beginning of this article is like a rom-com. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, this reminds me of the beginning of, like, the movie The Great Film, Something Borrowed, or something like that. (laughs) Her 33rd birthday was almost over, but Jennifer Lopez had one more surprise coming. As the clock ticked toward midnight on July 24th, the actress left her trailer and strolled to the steps of New York City's Metropolitan Museum of Art, ready to run through a scene for the romantic comedy The Chambermaid. Instead, (laughs) she found the cast and crew of 200 gathered on the steps, serenading her with happy birthday to you. I love you guys, yelled Lopez. 
here it comes. Then she grabbed two slices of birthday cake and trotted back to her trailer. J-Lo, closet glutton? Not exactly. Ben Affleck was waiting inside, and even a guy dating a sex symbol has got to eat. Wow. First of all, it doesn't even really make sense. Right. <laughs> also, just like, why can't she be the the woman and he be the sex symbol? But whatever. It's 2002, and it's People magazine. Here's my question. I actually, I, when I, for the first time I read that, I was yeah. like, yeah, Ben Affleck, he has a sex symbol. <laughs> I know. Like, right. I, I yeah. Was, I was confused. <laughs> Here's my question. Do we think that sh- this party was staged for the benefit of People magazine? Great question. Because I think that JLo's involvement in I, I think probably both of them are involved in the Letting coverage and and how they're managing it. Because at this time you could manage it a bit more. Remember, we didn't have social media, yeah. so there was a lot of back channeling and do you know this and do you know that? So and this is like kind of their debut piece, like f- a few paragraphs down. It does the thing where it's like there were rumors of an onset fling and then that maybe hooked over the summer, but they both maintain that it did not happen until like two days after divorce was filed, (laughs) which like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. It's like kind of clearing both their names. So I'm wondering whether they just happened to stage this and then leak the information. I think that's correct. And it sort of set off a series of obviously staged appearances Mm -hmm. out there. And I mean, not even like staged. Like they did like, they did a talk show circuit together. They, they were out and about together. They were a duo in the world. Yeah. So we should talk about that because I think there's a like very famous joint Dateline interview that they do to promote Lee and they're like making pancakes or something at home. And it's really long and pretty excruciating. Yeah. But Pat O'Brien. Yeah. But they are really doing this kind of selling themselves as a couple type thing. And that's part of the reason that they become such a big deal is because they're also willing to give access that people weren't typically willing to do. Right. And it works for a while. And then obviously also Ben Affleck's in the Jenny and the Black video. So they start cross-promoting their work pretty quickly. I mean, their yeah. works, they're, they do work together. They're in a couple movies. But yeah, they really seem to see promotion as a part of the relationship. And she gets a shout out for her J-Lo branded sweatpants that she's wearing in the Dateline video. Oh, really? Yeah. Are they, are they like Juicy style? Yeah. Was that the Juicy? That was the Juicy Couture era, right? Or yes. is it a little early? It's Early 2000s? It's right around then. It's like more Paris Hilton, sh- which is 2005, right? E- I think that I actually was going to say that I think of J-Lo as like the prototypical one because mm. I think of her in the video with Ja Rule. Mm-hmm. I've seen so oh, yeah, many yeah, 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 men yeah. and it's like they're all the same. Yeah. And so I think of her as like the prototypical juicy person mm-hmm. and Paris Hilton like wanting to be on her style basically. Mm. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, so I think it is, like, right around this time, like, around when we were in the middle, when, like, when I was in the middle of high school, 2002-ish and everything like that. Right. But, yeah, so just the public chronicling of their relationship is remarkable even now to look back on. There's this run of, like, astounding Us Weekly covers from August and September 2003, which is, like, right before they were supposed to get married. And then when they covered—when they called off the wedding, which I had forgotten had happened. But there is just— it's very clear that either someone's calling and or there's this symbiotic relationship between them that's really intense. I can't believe that we know as much about these people as as we did. August 25th, 2003, the yeah. top cover line is, why she won't leave Ben. Loyal fiancé or fool for love as she gets ready to wed, the real reason Lopez is standing by her man. And then a secondary story at the top of this one, Jennifer Garner and Michael Vartan, <gasps> they're dating. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, so this is the thing is that 
Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner allegedly met on the set of Daredevil. Yes. I mean, I think they did meet on the set of Daredevil. And now it's, you know, common wisdom that that's where their relationship started. But Daredevil is, like, in the middle of all of this. Yes. Okay. So, Ben Affleck looking at you, man. Right. <laughs> Although, you know, Jennifer Garner takes two to tango. And, you know, Jennifer Garner first came into my life, of course, on Felicity. Duh. I mean, uh, yeah. presumably yours as well, Amanda. Did you I watch think so. I don't know if I made it that far. She's in season one. She's mm. Noel's girlfriend. Again, I don't know if I made it that far. You know me and TV shows. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. And then just in general, the run of covers that they had, November 2000, November 4th, 2002, J-Lo and Ben, Wedding on the Way. She's sporting a huge diamond. He brought her home to mom. Ben Affleck's mom has been famous for so long. With rumors <laughs> swirling, here's the real scoop. And then Chris Judd in 2003 went to us to hit, tell his side of the story. Wow. I mean, there's just so much. And through this, Ben Affleck is, like, caught at a strip club and caught mm-hmm. gambling. Like, th- this dude has been doing a lot of the same— the same things that he's became famous for in the tabloids have not really changed, fair or not, true or not. It's sort of like this persona really started for him when he was dating J-Lo. Yeah, and some of it is just he's in the spotlight. I mean, I yeah. think he would be the first to tell you that he has had, like, substance issues. Totally. He's very open about it on 20 years, page. and I believe that he, like, went to some sort of treatment program for the first time, like, before they even got together. So he's yeah. been kind of open about it. I read somewhere that he went to rehab in 2001 for alcohol, mm-hmm. and he was driven there by none other than Charlie Sheen. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Incredible. That's a that's a time capsule. Yeah. yeah. Wow, Charlie. Okay. <laughs> but so, yeah, I think that he has been struggling with these for a long time and has just also been so publicly in the eye. For, he's just been yeah, mad famous for, for so, so long. long. But here's the thing about all these covers. I didn't remember. They got engaged. They were going to have the wedding in Santa Barbara. Lovely place to have a wedding. And then all the stripper stuff happens. Then he calls it off. Then they do not have a wedding, but they're still together yeah. for, like, a year. I did not remember that. Yeah, I didn't either. That's how you know they really were, like, tortured in love. Because it's like, it's like we can't quit you. <laughs> is it? Is that what it is? Do you think it was just for publicity? I don't know. I think No, that's... I think this is real love. You do? Yeah, I do. 100%. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's look at some of, like, yeah, the major moments why. in their relationship. Because there's one thing that really is bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he took out— a full page ad mm-hmm. to celebrate her, mm-hmm. and then that like um, that brought on like a think piece in the New York Times in the at the end of the year and like the year in review of two thousand two. Mm-hmm. And is that like a declaration of like drunk on love? I need an advertisement to tell everyone, or is that like, oh, like very Drake? Yeah, very Drake. Good point. Or is that like a just a a brazen publicity move? Both. Both. I mean, I think. <laughs> I mean, that's what's so interesting about this is that I do kind of think it's inextricable because in the middle of all this, they do Gigli, then they're doing Jersey, Jersey Girl. Girl. Also terrible. Yeah, I mean, terrible. <laughs> Maybe either Gigli's worse, but Jersey Girl's really bad. We have to talk about how bad the movies are. <laughs> really bad. They're so bad, but they are also trying to make those work. And I think there's no blueprint for this in 2002 and 2003, right, in terms of— how to manage all of these tabloids and this level of interest in one couple. like Right. And the level of media machinery. And, you know, don't forget also, in addition to these tabloids, it's like 24-hour news and all of it, you know, entertainment tonight. There's just more than there's ever been before. And there's no one who's gone before and, like, totally flamed out. So you haven't learned the, maybe we should 
kind of keep some boundaries or maybe we should separate like the promotion of our movies from the promotion of our love life or whatever. Right. I, I that seems obvious to us now or maybe it seems obvious to to me, but maybe at the time it wasn't. I think also when you're for both of them when you're so young, I mean, I don't know because I didn't experience this, but I think when you grow up, like basically from like your late teenage years for the rest of your life, being famous, there's probably just like an expectation that you cert- you do certain things out loud, like you live out loud and things are public that I think celebrities now know to shield. Oh. They just like you were saying, like they just like didn't before. So it probably was like as they became more famous and they met each other in these like ascendant moments, mm-hmm. kind of for him, but she was certainly on the rise. It's kind of like, well, okay, I'll share this stuff. Like I'm now a famous person. I don't need the privacy or whatever. Like I wonder if there was just a different expectation of privacy back then. I think absolutely there was. I yeah. think also maybe people just weren't engaging with it as much because now there's social media. Or there's yeah, they're thinking about it differently. They're certainly yeah. thinking about it differently. And Amelia, you're exactly right. Like the privacy. I, we're all kind of programmed now to think even people who are not famous to be like yeah. I will share this, I won't share this. I will put this right. in public, I won't put this in public. Uh, but I don't think that that was the case right. in 2003. Right. And I think the, like, dawn of the Internet being a place where you can go to get news and find interests that, like, pertain to you was kind of a big thing. It was happening, like, in the early 2000s. And I remember, like, going on and being like, oh, my God, celebrity gossip websites. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me mm-hmm. ever. And they still, to this day, they'll take anything and make it into a headline. So it's like you were getting inundated with that kind of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, from all sides, I feel like that's another reason why they became such big, like, yeah. big couple and stuff. I mean, the thing now is that you can, quote, take control of your own narrative, yeah. unquote, by, like, going on Instagram or going yeah. to Twitter and, like, speaking to the people directly. But back then, the only way to get your message out is to, I guess, kind of be the one speaking in all of these situations. Yeah. And that's probably what led them to do some things like the Dateline interview. So did you call your girlfriend and say, I'm working with Ben Affleck? He's the sexiest man alive. He wasn't the sexiest man alive then, No. Um. <laughs> he wasn't even remotely appealing, really. <laughs> Want a hot dog? I guess so. Don't that seems it. just like pure promotion. <laughs> Don't you think? It's, I mean, it's so embarrassing. And you can kind of even feel Affleck's <laughs> resistance, right? Is yeah. that just me? He never seemed completely at ease with like the, the publicness, mm-hmm. like when they were sort of like performing their relationship. <laughs> but I do think... He's a part of it and complicit in it. Oh, no, he's totally complicit in it. I I, I don't—yeah. And I don't think it's fair to just be like, well, the she stereotypes of the woman yeah. who loves to, yeah. po- you know, post all the pictures and shove it in your face. I don't think that's true at all. But I just meant in terms of, like, the actual energy in yeah. this Dateline interview, she is more comfortable than he is. Yeah. I think that's definitely right. Yeah. And also, she kind of—even, like, if you read the transcript when Pat O'Brien says to them, like, do you realize how fascinated America is by you? I mean, do you ever say what happened here? Her response is, it's so weird to even hear you say that. He says, yeah— J-Lo says, it's like such a strange thing. No, we don't sit around here and think about that. And then Affleck says, I don't know what's the fascination. It seems strange to me. I don't know what to tell you. I think you can really make yourself crazy if you start thinking about who's paying attention to me, who's interested in me. And, like, it's just two people in real time processing this this celebrity and mm-hmm. this interest in them differently, where he is, like, she kind of 
doesn't want to process it and keeps moving forward. And he, like, kind of digs in a little bit more in this small moment. And it, I think it is representative of, of who they are and who they've become. Mm-hmm. And also what happened, yeah. which is ultimately, it seems like, do we know he, he called it off? Or did they mutually call it off? What's your sense on this? I think it was mutual. And okay. I think then they decided to manage it together. And that's why they had, like, that big people piece. Yeah. Uh... What do you think? Well, I think it's her publicist making the statement. Sure. So I think that is indicative. Though that's maybe not indicative of decision-making as it is just much power in the relationship. I think Jennifer Lopez is more famous than Ben Affleck at this moment in time. Is she more famous at this moment in time? Right now? Yeah. Wow. I think yes. I think she might be as well. Amelia? I mean, I I feel like at this point we're kind of splitting hairs. I don't know. I just— Wow, the true Affleck <sighs> no, <I> devotion mean, <laughs> coming through right now. Well, you know, he—the internet has been built on his whole, like, brand of sadness. You know, there's a whole corner devoted to it. That's, that's a great point. That's true. That's very true. But let's put it in Las Vegas terms. Is there something Ben Affleck could do that people would come to see? Like, could he have, like, a, a show that people would come to see in the same way? Yes. He was Batman. Let's not <laughs> underestimate it. It's yeah. like three women sitting around a table, so we forget this. But my man was was literally Batman. It didn't go well. No, it didn't. That's where Sad Affleck came from. <laughs> That's exactly but In terms of is there a thing that he could do, my man was Batman. That's true. Well, and I think, like, with the success he had with Argo and, you know— Oh, the- my God, the Argo speech, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and even, like, the town and— Well, yeah, I was going to say, we well, fast— the- the town was actually good. Yeah, yeah. It's a good movie. And the like Gone Baby Gone. Gone Baby Gone. Like yeah. I think he's a respected enough director that if, you know, he had a good cast and a good script or whatever, he could be like, hey, I just came out with this. And people would be like, let's do it. Sure. Yeah, he's got the cred. I just think that Jennifer Lopez is probably more famous. At I this think point. she I think she transfers to more countries around the world. Sure. Yeah. The, is yeah. Ultimately what I think it comes mm-hmm. down to. All about exports, you know? <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) Um, Shall we read from their breakup article on People? Yes. Oh, my God. Some things don't change. When Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck arrived at Beverly Hills' hip Matsuhisa restaurant, where we went for Amanda's birthday last year. Nice. It was so great. (laughs) At 8.30 p.m. on January 20th, there was none of the usual kissing and laughter, nor was there anger or yelling. Just the sober countenances of two people heavy with their own history and once again with issues to discuss. Say, his much-publicized night of partying on January 10th with Matt Damon in a bevy of female fans at a nightclub in Berlin, sounds fun, where he was promoting his recent thriller Paycheck or the same weekend his equally ballyhooed evening dancing into the wee hours at the Miami Beach Club Privé with ex-flame Sean P. Diddy Combs. During their hour-long Matsuhisa dinner, they looked serious as a witness. More than serious, actually. He looked sad, notes the source. She reached out to touch his head, like trying to kiss him, and they gave each other a little kiss, but he really wasn't reacting to her. It seemed like something was wrong. This is, like, just ridiculous. (laughs) How do you put together this composite of an evening? I don't even know. I mean, obviously a publicist has to feed it, but this just speaks to a different kind of celebrity culture where— Let's say that they were in the Daily Mail and they were breaking up. There would be, like, some kind of long-lens photo, and it would be, like, in some <laughs> some weird, distant British voice, be like, Jennifer Lopez exits famed Matsuhisa looking sad. Ben Affleck ex- enters his car with a dour look. Yeah, but this is also— it- at this point, I feel like TMZ probably has a source inside Matsuhisa. <laughs> yeah, they have a source a inside all the places, and I think in these days, People and Us Weekly did as well. So they just have someone who knows that they're going. And Ben Affleck, to this day, is still the type of celebrity that goes where he will be photographed. 
Yes. There are many A-list celebrities that go through their day-to-day life. Affleck. Go to a fucking different Starbucks. There are so <laughs> many in Los Angeles on the West Side. But he just goes to the same one and gets photographed there all the time. But he's been like this for 20 years. And I so- just can't quit him. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's how it happens. I think it is on purpose. I don't know whether it's a publicist being like, hey, they're going to go to Matahisa. I suspect it's more that people has stringers who are following or it has someone on the inside. But they're not. Matsuhisa, even then, and still now, because I went there last year, and I saw Selena Gomez and Gwyneth Paltrow <gasps> in the same night. What? I know. What? Wait, what is this restaurant? <laughs> it's a sushi restaurant. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. And It's on La Cienega. Okay. It, so it's a little bit of, like, they knew that they would be spotted. Right. You know, and this, like, softens the ground for the inevitable People magazine cover, which, by the way, the, the title of this article is The Long Goodbye, which is— <laughs> Classic. Just so. People Magazine would not do that now. And I respect it. I wish they would. Yeah, I do too, but. It's crazy. And then there's a lot of unnamed sources in this article, which is quite different from the birthday one, which had a a lot of quotes from Gilles Ben Simone, the famous photographer slash Mm -hmm. former husband of Kelly Ben Simone of The Real Housewives of New York. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's how you might know him. And and also, he was the guy that Tyra would be like, and a L cover shot by Gilles Ben Simone. Exactly, that's him. But like for that one, you know, had a lot of quotes from from an actual friend of JLo who they're willing to like assign him quotes, and probably someone decided like, yes, Gilles will be the mouthpiece of this party. This one, on the other hand, when you love someone, the media circus does not get in the way, says the source. You say, okay, we'll figure it out. Let's do it. Jennifer didn't realize it at that moment but when he called it off. The relationship was over. That meaning the wedding. He got out of the trap, and he wasn't going to get back in. He was looking for a graceful way to let it die. So, who knows? what pro-Affleck person said this or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. But it's, just, it's a very different tone than two years prior. I, I also did not really realize I did it for two years. Well, it was on and off so yeah, much. it's true. And I think also this, okay, so this is January 2004. This official yeah. breakup, yeah, the long goodbye. And they officially got together June 2002. Yeah. So it's a year and a half, and, and I was half. just right. scrolling through the Us Weekly photos the covers, which we'll include in this podcast, and by June 2004, she's married to Mark Anthony. Wow. And they stayed married a while. So that's literally, she goes six months from the breakup to, like, I'm looking at wedding pictures from six months later to Mark Anthony. So that's a lot. She moves quickly. (laughs) She does. I mean, and also, who knows when they actually broke up versus what's Yeah, recorded. of course. That's the other thing. And to your point about the Matsuhisa thing, it's just staged. It yeah. all seems like very staged and like they're playing out the last act of this thing that they've done in public, which is still fascinating to me that they agreed to do it. I know. I know. And I wonder if they have like what happens when they run into each other. They certainly have. Do you think so? You don't think it's super stage managed to make sure that they are never in the same room? No, they said they're friends. They, like, text each other. I'm sure they did. Everyone says they're friends. Do you think they actually—what are their text messages like? Well, I will say, to Amelia's point, J-Lo might be one of these weirdos who does that because there's—I mean, it's different. Her, She and Mark Anthony had twins. They're, they're very <laughs> they have cute. They together. Yeah, they're very cute. And there's a video on Instagram of, like, a day or so ago of— J-Lo and A-Rod and Mark Anthony at, like, a recital of one of their kids. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're all singing along. Mark Anthony is, like, belting it out. But it does look very collegial and, and fun. It's very sweet. But they've also—she has since—she and A-Rod have made public positivity their, their, brand. their brand. And yeah. they are also—I <laughs> mean, it's interesting because J-Lo and A-Rod is a play—as a page out of this playbook. They're, they're doing the same thing. It is very public-facing. And I have been entirely charmed by it. 
And there's I'm something so worried about them. Are you? Yes. Do you think it's like this? Yes. Okay. I think that the A-Rod cheating stuff is probably very I, real. I agree with that. Yeah. And I'm very, and it makes me upset because I, I love J-Lo and A-Rod. I think they're like a really charming couple. It seems like their kids really like each other. They just seem really like a good brand together. But I am very concerned. Very, very concerned. Well, but I mean, in a lot of ways that back, backs it up that this time it's working. That like 20 years later, she learned how to do this. It's true. That's a good point. That's a good to, way of spinning it forward. How to make a relationship as a public entity that we're all invested in. Like, Juliet and I have done many jam session podcasts about it. I can't wait for the wedding. I hope it happens. And I think it's probably helped both of their businesses and personas individually. Certainly helped A-Rod. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And they've also figured out how to accommodate the tabloid rumors and everything that won't go away that they can't control. It's true. It's a good point. She's kind of, like, the ripple effect for her from this relationship mm-hmm. is kind of like figuring out how to do this. Yes. And ha- maybe how to be a, a level of her fame and still have a family and still date and, and whatever. Him, on the other hand, I don't I don't know. It's been a wild ride with Ben Affleck. He went on to obviously famously marry Jennifer Garner, with whom he was for many years. And then at several times throughout their relationship, there were photos of him or reports of him doing similar behavior as reported by people at uh-huh. while dating J-Lo. And then they finally broke up like a couple years ago, which, which broke my heart. <laughs> and it was quite literally five years coming. Like, I think they were no, separated for multiple years, living apart. Remember the nanny, Christina Zunian? I absolutely remember the nanny. And her BMW? Very upsetting. And then he was with Lindsay Shukas of Saturday Night Live on right. and off over the last year and a half. Right? Yes. And then Shauna something, a Playboy Shauna Sexton. Model. Yeah, Shauna Sexton. Shauna, whatever ridiculous name. <laughs> That's probably not a real name. And um, I think it's her real name. Have you seen her birth certificate? <laughs> I'm not willing to believe it. Okay. Um, they went to Montana together. I know. Very upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would have been a better place for them to go? I don't know, like Puerto Vallarta? Somewhere okay. less nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and... It's just been a rocky road. I think that's why Benefer lives on is because of Ben Affleck. Yeah, mm. I think so. I, it's also because they were probably, I don't know if they were equally famous because we were just talking about how she was probably more famous at the time and is now, but a little more matched. Yeah. And probably the most matched that she's been. I mean, that's actually not true at all because Mark Anthony is like internationally yeah. wildly famous. In the U.S., in the kind of tabloid ecosphere that we're talking about, they were matched. And then I think A-Rod is probably the closest that she's come to to matching her own fame. But even there, I think she has the upper hand. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think I think you're right that it lives on because, because he was so famous. Also because it was—I don't want to—it was not at all an anomaly for him. No. But it starts this long saga— of his personal life and his personal struggles, yeah, very much in the in the tabloids, and it's a fixation. And it's it, true. it still is. And he also talks about those era, those years, way more than she does. Like, there's a couple of articles where he talks about how, like, in this GQ profile from 2012, he says that 2003 and 2004 were the worst years of his career. And then in a different BuzzFeed article, he talked about, like, how they got together. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, willing to go back there. And in a way that I, like, admire, it's sort of like he, like, knows that it's it's out there. I wonder if he would be willing now. Yeah. And I wonder whether she has not been asked because she had just very aggressively has a publicist who was like, you may not ask about this. Because that's how they do manage these things. Uh-huh. I don't think that you could get either of them to talk about it again 
unless they were doing some sort of comebacky type situation. Unless Ben Affleck wants to win an Oscar himself as opposed to winning one for Argo. And then you may hear about it again. <laughs> but like, I would actually be surprised. I think he will just never talk about it again. Right. I mean, he should just close off his personal life. I'm not sure it belongs in the in the public eye anymore. I think, I mean, this is why we're talking about this, because he can't. It kind of opens it up for him. And I have to, like, be better. This is why he's so upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> I just love him so much. I'm tortured by my love of Ben Affleck. Sometimes I Google Ben Affleck 2006 just to, like, As you should. look at the peak of when I think he was really hot, when he was wearing, like, the mid-calf socks, New Balances. <laughs> he, like, went on a vacation. They had they only had Violet Affleck at this time, and oh. him and Garner and Violet, like, went on a vacation to Hawaii. And they were, like, such a cute little family. That's sweet. And I just loved them. I kind of like that he's open about his struggles and, like, being kind of, like, I don't want to say, like, a trash person, but, like, Kind of on the trashier side, you know, and and people like love to shit on him and stuff. And I just not me. Well, no, no, <laughs> but like a lot of people do. And I mean, there have been articles in like the New Yorker talking about the great sadness of Ben Affleck and whatnot, and specifically his back tattoo, which is <sighs> uh, true. It I, is. I mean, it's yeah, but it's yeah. just like, what can you? What else can you say about and continually that, adding to it that giant back tattoo? Yeah. And he just he always looks sad. And like even recently, he was out in Brentwood. As Liz Kelly would say, he's the queen of Brentwood. Um, he was walking down a sidewalk, and Catherine Schwarzenegger was walking past him, but they, like, didn't acknowledge each other. It was just very weird and just, I feel like, very fitting for his narrative. But maybe they don't know each other. Or, do you, well, and that do you too. think that they know each other? No, but, like, if I saw Ben Affleck passing by me, I'd probably be like, oh, my God, and, like, turn around and stuff, you know? But she's got Chris Pratt. She's all set. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. I mean, that's just more like a generational. I think the indication there is that he's aging out of his mega significance. He had a really iconic Rolling Stone cover in 2004, shot by <laughs> David LaChapelle, where he just like looks right. like Kid Rock mixed with yeah. Ben Affleck. And he's like obviously so like broken and sad in this piece. Mm-hmm. Like one of the quotes in it is, um, I feel like a guy who's almost at the finish line, then I'll sort of disappear for a good long time and not be this person. And that's referring to, like, who he was in the Benefer relationship. And that's really dark. It's actually hard to believe he recovered from it. (laughs) I mean, this is kind of the cautionary tale for all people for the next 20 years who are in a relationship, right? That's one of the major things is that don't do this because it will shatter you. Screw up your career. And shatter you personally and probably cannot sustain the weight of public scrutiny that you're giving it. And I think that there are a lot of people who learned from Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez in different ways and possibly, you know, to different degrees. But it's tough. I know. Wow. What a a moment in time. It's like really fun to look back on because it was just so huge. It was massive. And I feel like after this, we got Tomcat. Which was—I mean, we'll have to do one on that. Yeah, and Brangelina. And there was this whole moment of—I do think Benefer is when people realized that—I mean, they knew this in the 50s and 60s. like, And I guess in the 40s and 50s, the studio system was all about pairing up celebrities in order to get publicity. But I think people realized you could really make it work for you in the 2000s. And also that media companies realized that, like— you got a portmanteau, and then you can <laughs> the do anything. The relationship is the character. Exactly. Yeah. And it starts here. It's true. 
It's really true, and it also perfectly aligns with the quasi-rom-com renaissance, or at least the making more of them. Mm -hmm. It just sort of was like a a romance sells moment, (laughs) Mm -hmm. more so than sex sells. Mm -hmm. And it's of a bygone era. Which is really interesting because I was reading an article, the BuzzFeed one, uh, talking about the the sadness of Ben Affleck. And they were saying that he kind of changed or transformed her from being, like, you know, very— sexual and like you know her Versace gown that she wore to the Grammys I think that was like yes of course mm-hmm. yes and the then, one the one that um has been memed or it would have been memed it's been just right. been parodied I think so it's much. like so many the times. most Google image searched thing of all time that's hilarious wow shout out Jayla. I think because it's also our, no 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 you know what it is I think they invented Google image search as a result what? of people looking for her dress I think that's, that's a, true, a true fact wow yeah okay well, man is she hot she is and she went from that to like kind of more toned down and they were even saying like he used her full name Jennifer instead of JLo and he tried to correct people who would say J-Lo and say, it's Jennifer. And then he also talked about her sexuality by saying, like, Jenna's had fewer boyfriends than your average high school junior. In the physical sense, she's extremely chaste. So it's just, like, it's interesting to me that he felt the need to tone down her sexuality. I wonder if that's, like, I agree with you. It's also sort of, like, she can be as sexual as she wants. But I also wonder if that's, like, he thinks he's being protective. Oh, Sure. He might be. Yeah, no. He, or he might be being a dick. I don't know. It, I think that could go either way, though. It's hard to say. I still just kind of think that bag. she is the she is the organizer, in, which I don't mean in a negative way. Yeah. I think that Jennifer Lopez has proven that she is, like, extremely savvy with the media. And, like, I think maybe learned some tough lessons in this one. Absolutely. And has applied them going forward. And so— I think that as much as this is a cautionary tale for people like Ben Affleck who can't handle this, this is also a real blueprint for someone who wants to have the level of fame that Jennifer Lopez does and can handle the level of scrutiny because she is still unbelievably successful. She emerged from this, like, fine and with a lot of sympathy. And, you know, I'm only speaking to her public persona. I cannot speak to her personal life. And I imagine it was very hard and dispiriting. And you guys are making sad faces. Like, if you also dated and lost Ben Affleck, like, you would be (laughs) sad, too. And I get it. I would as well. But I think it's as much a lesson in how to, to manage these things and what to give of your relationship and what not to. And I feel like she and A-Rod have figured it out. Yeah. Well, it, in the Vanity Fair article that she did with A-Rod, she said that the whole Ben Affleck relationship and Geely thing, um, it was a two-year thing for me until I picked myself up again. So it really destroyed her. Right. And or she knows how to spin it. In and the Vanity that too, Fair yeah. article. Yeah. I just want the best for everyone. Ben Affleck, yeah. J-Lo. I hope the J-Lo and A-Rod make it. I really do. I don't even know what making it means for two people like that, but I, I hope it works out. They stay together. This has been a wonderful trip down memory lane. It really it's has. Tabloid memory lane. We'll be doing many more of these. Tweet out the ringer and Amanda, Amelia, and I, which uh, great tabloid contretemps you'd like for us to dive into going <laughs> great, forward. Great pronunciation. Thank you so much. Please listen to Jam Session on Wednesday, Tea Time on Friday, a special for realsies on Thursday, and subscribe and rate Ringer Dish on Apple. Plus, you're listening to this wherever you get your podcast. Please continue to do so. 